Hey guys, how's it going? Matt from Foulball Productions here. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hope that you're doing well. I'm doing phenomenally. Thank you so very much. This is the Culture Crime Fighters, where me and typically Vigilante Williamson team up to fight culture crime and attack wokeness and all kinds of stuff just like that. Um, but Vigilante Williamson is having... Uh, technical difficulties he will be joining us shortly hopefully he's fighting um, his technical difficulties right now yes he is yes he is that's the <laughs> war he's involved in right now <laughs> that um, that war is real that's a that real is a real war, war. Uh, yeah gotta be honest um yeah he's letting me know Streamyard's not reading his mic i don't know i don't know but hopefully Did you we'll try get him turning in it off and on again vigilante did you now did you um, but yeah, joining me today in, uh, not in lieu of Vigilante, this wasn't planned, it just happened to work out like that, is the wonderful Nina Infinity. Hi, hi Matt, how are you? I'm great, thanks. How about yourself? Good. I'm good, I'm so ready for Christmas, look yeah. at your background, I love, who is that, Kang or Kodos? Yeah, one, one of, of those them. guys. Mm -hmm. um, you got R two D two. Who are those people over there? I don't know. Who That's that just is. Santa in a spaceship. That's like, freaking amazing. I guess it's like I a love elf. Santa. Me too. Big um, fan. I got so mad this morning because I saw somebody burn down a Christmas tree in New York. Did you see that? I did actually see that. I was watching um, Culture Casino's six-minute news story to uh, kind of get me prepped for today to give me some sort of uh, stories like to go ideas. with. Some ideas. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I saw that. He, he – I guess someone just – they arrested him, but someone burnt down a Christmas tree. Somebody burned it down, and it was I was very upsetting to watch because I love Christmas a, like a lot. And then I'm like, why? Why would people do this kind of thing? It's like such a Grinch thing to do. Uh huh. Do you think um, they did it? Here it is. In... If you want to share it, I have it up. Sure. Yeah. Do Do you think it was? Uh, does it say that they burned it in effigy, or was it just that? Well, they're saying oh. it's arson. Somebody set fire to it. That's sad, and that's a nice one. It's not even. It's like a like an installation style Christmas tree. Yeah, it's very oh, sad. I was like, that is sad. This just this is terrible. Um, but like, it was funny though because last year, do you remember what happened with the New York Christmas tree last year? I don't. Um, last year when they brought in, you know, like the big one that they put up like in, the, mm -hmm. in Times Square. Sure. Um, when they brought that one to put up. Like half of it was like cut off, like it was like it was like in really bad shape. It was like dried and like not good looking, and like they put it up, and it was like basically it was kind of like the Charlie Brown Christmas tree. It was like this, like people were like, "What the fuck?" Like this is supposed to be the most gorgeous tree, and it's it yeah, look like that. Uh, that that was the 2020 tree, so everyone was like, "This is such uh. a reflection of like." you know, what's going on right now because we were all in lockdowns and they were saying Christmas is canceled. And then all of a sudden they're like, here's your Christmas tree. Like, and it was the, just like a stick. And people How like, fitting. Yeah, it was really fucking weird, man. I, the universe sometimes really reflects what's going on over here, like on Earth. And it's, yeah. and it's just weird to me. Yeah, no, I agree. And yeah, I I didn't even think about the Christmas tree. That used to cuz I grew up in New Jersey and it used to be a 
yearly thing to go it's see a big Christmas tree. Yeah, it is an event, mm-hmm. and it's fun. And the whole of like Midtown and that whole area is like got Christmas decorations all over it. There's an ice skating rink. It's very mm-hmm. fun. It's very festive. Oh, that's such a sad image. I'm glad I didn't know that. That would have really bummed me out. Oh, that bummed me out hard. And I was like, this is the world we're living in, man. We're in the Grinch's Grinch's zone. Like this is the this is the Grinch's year. It was 2020. Oh, last year's They're Christmas trying to extend was that now, and it's like, go away. Go away. Enough with you and your omicrons. Oh my god, did you see that amazingly cringe Christmas song thing from Jimmy Fallon? Oh no. Oh my god, don't watch it. You'll die. You'll, you'll just be like, I want to be deaf. Like you will oh. envy the deaf. He did this <laughs> song with um with Ariana Grande and and uh, Megan the Stallion or whatever her name is. Uh-huh. Uh and it's like let me get my booster. Oh, like boy, I don't know, some boy. shit like that. And it's it's all about getting your boosters during Christmas and like it's called like where a masked Christmas or something like that. Oh god, it's so bad. How That's much so would bad. they need to pay you? Like how much would you have to make to start being like a shill for like pharmaceutical companies? Like what would be your me? Page? Yeah, are you, you. Are you asking me? Mm-hmm. Like no amount of money. Really? Like if someone came to your door with like a briefcase and it just had like four million in it. Don't care. Uh, yeah, I'd like to believe that I'm the same, but I'm not sure. Like I just because I wonder because these people, I really think that's the only motivation. It's that they keep their gig, they keep the money coming in, but they clearly work for Pfizer. Yeah. You know, I mean, indirectly, it's not like like they Pfizer doesn't sign their paychecks, well, if, but if they don't work for Pfizer, they work for a conglomerate that is basically funded by Big Pharma or right. whatever. So somehow they're so, getting paid. Yeah, and I just think I'm like, okay, that must be their motivation. And then I'm like, what would, it, like, what would it, what would it take for me to start? Like, what, how much would they have to give me if I like, started doing like, what is doing, your price like, tag? Like, everyone yeah, has one. Start doing 45 second spots about how everyone should get the jab. That'd be pretty. I mean, I, I think it would be Can kind you of funny. Imagine? Yeah, like it'd be funny because everyone would know that I'm, I don't mean that, but <laughs> which would kind of be pretty ironic. I'm just cashing their checks. That'd oh, that's funny. funny. Did you see Bernie Sanders' tweet the other day about Big Mm-mm. Pharma? No. What did he say? Oh, that was good because I was like, oh, basically what Bernie's now saying is where's my cut? Because um, <laughs> uh, I he, played the good guy. Where's yeah, my money? exactly. He came out and he was like, these billionaires get, you know, these, these people are making so much money off the vaccine and they want us to trust them. But we can't trust them because they're making millions. And I was like, so like. You, you want your cut? That's that's what you're saying. Yeah, because um, I'm like, oh, if he if he means it, he's he's right. I mean, I you know, it's that's definitely what's going on here. He's uh, right, but the way that he's pointing it out, it's like it's like it, it's not like we never knew this. It's not like you, it's not like you didn't know this from the very beginning, and now you're like, harming. yeah, yeah. I I don't think it's like Pfizer is is donating all these free jabs and getting a tax deductible charitable charity write off. Mm-mm. This is all public money that they're getting as an influx. It's like it's a giant grift. Yes, <laughs> the the biggest grift in in the world. Yeah, and in, in history in my life. Same here. I'm not that old. I mean, people think I'm a vampire, but I'm not that old. So. <laughs> I I heard the rumor that you were a vampire, and I I didn't know. Well, now I'm in, now I'm out in the daytime. Okay, so and I we know we have evidence, proof. Okay. <laughs> 
Fair enough. But I Fair am wearing enough. sunglasses because the sun is like. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't help your case. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to find that Bernie tweet so I can read it for you. It was freaking hilarious. Yeah, Bernie, Bernie, Bernie. That's interesting. You know, I, I've been I've been going down this Thomas Sowell rabbit hole. Um, that rhymed. Um, <laughs> and I've uh, been listening to like a lot of his stuff, and it's it really is fascinating how many people still. It's like they still want to try Marxism. They still want to do it, and it's because like, they all think they can do it better. They're like, it didn't work before because we weren't doing it. Now, now yeah, we can do it better. But it, we've, it, we've learned from our mistakes. It's hubris, right? So is it yes. is it hubris? It is. Absolutely. Blows my mind. Me so too. much evidence it doesn't work. So much. Um, here is the. I mean, I come from a country where people were tricked. And, uh, you know, Marxism led to communism and... Oh, this is obscene. Last week, eight investors in Pfizer and Moderna uh, became $10 billion richer as news about the Omicron variant spread. It's time for these pharmaceutical companies to share their vaccines with the world and start controlling their greed. Enough is enough. Damn it. Like, he's so close to having the right point there. He's almost there. He's like... Yeah, all these people are making billions on these vaccines. They should give them away. It's like, oh, you jackass. You are so <laughs> close. Now, the hidden message here is where is my cut, Pfizer? Um, where is my cut, Moderna? Like that, that. Once they gave him his cut, then he'll be like, everyone should get vaccinated and don't yeah, he's worry still... about anything about them getting paid because they're just spreading the wealth and they're giving away vaccines for free. Everybody, don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. Let's definitely not look into some sort of like widespread collusion between like the <laughs> CDC and Fauci who were investing money in the Wuhan lab that somehow released this thing and shut down the thing and the largest wealth transfer in history. Let's not look at that too closely. Let's make the patents public. Oh, you jackasses. Oh, my goodness. What a world we live in, Nina. Bunch of weirdos. Bunch of weirdos. But it is the holiday season, so that's nice. Yeah. Have you started your holiday shopping? Yes. I uh, I definitely bought a couple gifts last night. I was doing some online shopping, and uh, I've done some regular shopping. I set up my office. I set up my tree downstairs nice. like last That's lovely. Uh, Tuesday, uh, my husband was like, you're crazy. Like, why are you setting it up now? And I was like, because I get to look at it longer. I, I don't. <laughs> I'm no, one of those I'm, people like day after Thanksgiving. It's day after Thanksgiving. I, yeah, it, it's done. 100%. I'm with you. I think that's when the Christmas season starts. Anytime yeah. before that, it's too much, you know, but it's like the day after Thanksgiving. It's, it's a, basically a full month, full month of Christmas. Exactly. I think that's great. No, I didn't. I, like I didn't decorate for Christmas my house this year mainly because like I just put my house together like a few weeks ago. Like I've been here for months, but I just haven't like actually done the finishing touches of putting everything out. And I'm like, I'm not going to take this all down just to put up Christmas gifts, uh, presents or decorations uh, yeah, right now. Yeah. I was like, just no, get no. yourself one of those little countertop Christmas trees. At least you'll have like a little festive a little. area, but it won't be like insane. Yeah. That's actually quite nice. I like the sound of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, you were saying um, you did a little in-person Christmas shopping. That's my favorite way to do Christmas shopping. Me too. I mean, I love going to the mall. I'm a girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, let's go to the mall. It's like a whole thing. But now, 
going to the mall has become another whole thing because of the whole mask situation and everything like that. Because we still have to wear masks in Mexico, unfortunately. That sucks. I know. Yeah. So like whenever I go, I mean, they're kind of like relaxed about it a little now. Yeah. So they don't, they're not like as like crazy about it to like tell you to put it on and stuff like that. But it's just so ridiculous. Like the other night I went to, I, w I was at the mall and I hadn't gone to Starbucks in like years. It's been like a year and a half, maybe two years. And I was like, I really want a mocha and I want mm -hmm. one from Starbucks. So yeah. I'm going. So I went and I go inside and I didn't have my mask on because it was an outdoor Starbucks situation. Um, yeah. And I was like, you know, so but but I had to go inside the place. So I walk in and there's a lineup and uh, I didn't have my mask on. But like the guy, the barista there, the little young kid, like 16 years old, like looks up at me and goes like, you know, like and that triggers me a lot mm -hmm. um, because I, I I'm a I'm a woman from Iran. Like I came ah. I, I immigrated from Iran uh, to Canada when I was like 10 years old. And when I was young, I would often see people come up to my mom and tell her to like pull her hijab down and to like cover her face or like whatever. So like all these kinds of like um, gestures and and words and stuff like that uh, are, are actually very triggering for me in a in a kind of like traumatic way. So like whenever someone tells me to cover my face, I like relive being in Iran and that it, it's a very like cringe, cringe like situation for me. Mm. So I'm like, oh, this little kid, like little pesky 16 year old kid telling me to put on my mask. Meanwhile, I look down and I see this dude sitting right next to me, like because the, the lineup is going right next to the tables. Right. Mm -hmm. And the dude is sitting right next to me, has a drink on the table, no mask, no nothing. He's just on the phone. And oh my god! <laughs> um, and uh, and and I'm just kind of like, okay, so like we are we're basically buying freedom is what, what's going on is that because if I once I go up to the counter and I pay for my drink, uh, then that's okay. Then then I can bring my mask down. It has nothing to do with like this virus. It has right. everything no. to do with control and buying your freedom through money. Cause that's basically like the, that's the currency now, like the currency mm -hmm. or the, not currency, the, um, the, uh, the good that you're buying, that you're purchasing is freedom. You're not, you're no longer like just buying a cup of coffee. You're buying your, your freedom to not have something cover your face. And that, that's yeah. like, it's fucking crazy to me. Yeah, you played along, and and that's uh, that's good enough. Like, I, I I work at a place. Like, I live in Austin, Texas. You know what I mean. And there's mm -hmm. definitely like we have really lax rules with it. You know, like mm -hmm. certain businesses I've seen. I haven't seen in a little while, but I still, you know, up, up in the past few months, I would still see businesses that required you to wear a mask in it. They are 100% the minority here, but you do you will see them here and there. Um, but people will have been They still volunteer. <coughs> <coughs> COVID. Excuse me. I know. I know. Um, so the, the people will still voluntarily wear them all over town, which is like, fine. I, I don't care what you do, you goofballs. Yeah. Do whatever you want. Just don't make me do it. Um, but there'll be people like I work at a, at a place. I work at a, at, a, at, a, at a pub and people will come in wearing the mask. They will sit down at their table, take it off, eat, drink in the same environment. Room. Yeah. And then to get up to go to the counter or use the bathroom, then they'll put their mask on. And I'm like, do you really think 
This is having any effect on your health or, or the spread of this magical virus. Are you serious? It's like, like I, I said that from the very beginning of this. It's like when we go to the table, it's like as if a force field comes on yeah. and like the force field is like protecting us from like COVID what? or whatever. But then once you get up, like God forbid, you're going to go to the bathroom because the force field doesn't follow you. doesn't work. It's like I I. And these same people, like, I would love to know if, like, they were, um, you know, total germaphobes before this whole thing, too. Yeah, you know? Like, I know, to, right? The, you could get sick before this thing. This isn't it the first like, disease. I didn't realize that the world was, like, basically run by germaphobes. I, I didn't know how prevalent this whole germaphobe situation was until. No, didn't know. Until, and it's like, so weird. Yeah, Which it's so weird. weird, too, because I experienced the one before. Not H1N1. What was it? The bird Swine flu? flu or whatever Swine the fuck flu, was. bird flu, one of those I flus. think it was one of those. But I experienced that. And um, and I, I had it. I think it was the bird flu. And um, I was working at the time. I was working at Blockbuster. And I remember it hit me like on Friday night. And it was like, you know, the busiest time at Blockbuster. It was Fridays. Like you can't like call in sick. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Um, and, and I had to call in sick. And I had to go to the doctor and get the doctor's note. And my manager was like so mad. She's like, I don't care that you're sick. Come in. Like, I don't really give a shit. Like, it's Friday night. We need you. Like, come in. And I was like, girl, like, my doctor was like, stay the hell away from everyone for a week. Like, because it, it was it was bad. It was a bad flu. And uh, she didn't care. She wrote me up. She wrote me up for not showing up to work. I had to go to my district manager to be like, dude, I was sick with the swine. You know, there's like an actual pandemic going on right now. It's, you know, and they were like, yeah, I guess so. Like, we're sorry. You have a doctor's note. It seems like you're not making it up. Uh, so, yeah, we'll just rip that up. But but my manager was really mad. She wanted me in. I mean, I, I remember I've seen people with, like, hand sanitizer and stuff like that. But this obsession, this paranoia about this thing, fucking nonsense. I don't believe you. I think you still doing it. You're still proving how not a Republican you are and how much you hate Trump. And blah, 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 blah. I'm certainly not an anti-vaxxer. But I think it's all a big virtue signal. I don't believe any of it. I don't. Well, you know what's weird, man, is because you're seeing it from the state side, right? I'm seeing mm-hmm. it from the outside because I'm in Mexico. So, like, you know, that Trumpism thing doesn't really work here. Oh, that's a good point. But there is there is definitely a, a fear. A fear has been instilled in people. A fear that they'll never – I don't know if they'll ever get over. Um, and now, like, putting on, for example, putting on the mask for people here, mm-hmm. I don't think it's just about – like whether they believe that there's a virus or not, like the, it's 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 just it's literally like a band aid solution. Like they're like, I don't know if this will protect me, but I might as well put it on because I mean can't do any harm, right? Like you know, it's just kind of like it's not about anything medical. I don't think it's definitely a form of like they've just kind of like complied because they're like, well, like if I do this and a I'm showing that I'm you know, in solidarity with the people and be I'm, I'm being protected and, you know, that kind of thing. Like, it's like the mentality there is here is all about fear or virtue signaling. Like, that's basically all it is, because I don't really think unless you're fearful of what's actually going on, you're not putting it on because, you know, just because. Yeah, well, what's the relationship with Mexico and its government? Like in general, you know what I mean? Like, because we have, Um, it kind of depends on where you are, you know, in this country. In this country, it's like if you're a, 
you know, the right wing, it's like always like the smaller government or at least, you know, unless it comes to like military shit. But then, it, you know, mm-hmm. but but it's like the, people are automatically suspicious of being told what to do here. You know, basically anywhere, unless you're like. Well, that's see. Yeah. It's interesting that you bring that up because here, and this is why I think the propaganda for this 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 situation is is so intense mm-hmm. because here people, the Mexican people, have a very high distrust of the government because of what goes on with the cartel. Because we mm-hmm. like, you know, it's it's a hush hush thing that the cartel are the basically the second government here. We have two governments in Mexico. One is the the actual government and the other one's the cartel. And they, they usually work hand in hand. And that, you know, usually when you see a lot of violence is because different sects are changing and it's a form of elections, right? Jesus. Um, but they have a huge dislike of the government and mistrust of the government to a point where, for example, um, when I moved here five years ago, there was no such thing as recycling, like bottles. Like they mm-hmm. don't they don't recycle here. Everything just goes in the garbage, blah, blah, blah. A couple of years ago, about, about a year and a half of two years ago, they installed these kind of like cages um, next to their main, uh, kind of like their 7-Eleven, it's called OXO, okay? So they, 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 they installed these giant metal cages outside that you can put plastic bottles in and they claim that they come and take the plastic bottles to a recycling center. Mm-hmm. So now I, being from Canada, I'm very used to recycling. It was very hard for me not to recycle. Sure. Uh, I started recycling my bottles. So the other day I was like at my friend's house and I was like, yeah, I went to the recycling thing and like dropped my bottles. Just, it was a hap- like a happenstance conversation that just came up. And my Mexican friends started making fun of me because they were like, Oh, you think that you think that, that 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 stuff is going to the recycling center? Yeah, right. And they're like laughing and being like all, uh, you know, just kind of like basically this is a scam or blah, 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 right? Because they have such a high mistrust of the government. But then again, when it comes to the coof, they're putting their masks on. They're getting jabbed. They're getting all sorts of stuff. And I'm like, how do you not, how do you so trust weird. the government when it yeah. comes to the jab and some point you putting that shit in your body? Yeah. But, and on like wearing stuff like on your face and you think that they're giving you accurate information, but then there's something as small as a freaking recycling thing. You're like, oh, hell no, bro. Like I'm not falling for that. It's like, a yeah. recycle, like, oh, like, you know, give me a break, you know, like it's just that, that like the, I can, I can never understand the mentality of like how that works for someone. And and I really like to understand that, that kind of stuff because that's like the human mind and the human psychology is like always really fascinating to me. But I still haven't been able to figure out how like one, you know, how you can trust a government body uh, to, to, to like, you know, tell you what to put in your body. But then when it comes to recycling, you're like, no, 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 no. I'm, I ain't no fool, you know? Yeah, that's so bizarre because it, like, it does feel like almost like a global grift, you know? Like, and you it can is. tell, you know? And it feels like depending on the level of freedom that is actually available in each country, you see how much people can push back and how much it can be, you know, repealed. But then you, you'll, you'll, you'll see certain countries that it's just like, it's horrifying. It's dystopic. It's like, oh, you yeah, don't have Canada. any freedom. Yeah, like Canada or Austria or uh, Australia, like any of the, like you're just like, wow, like you genuinely don't have freedom if you if they decide you don't. So that's yeah. really scary. But it, yeah, it, but it's still, it's just weird if you have like an instilled distrust of the government and yet you're just like, well, this, they're probably not lying about this one. Yeah. It's like, 
They can't be lying about this. I mean, we're talking about people's lives here. Meanwhile, like, oh, like, yeah, the, that recycling thing. Like, fuck that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I know, that's the, that's the thing that happened to me when this this pandemic started. Like at, at the beginning of 2020, when I started hanging out with John, and we were just like talking every every night, pretty much. One of the first things that we said to each other was like, "Have you ever trusted the government about anything?" And like, the answer has always come back like, "No, I I don't trust the government." And it's like, well, why did you trust, like, start trusting them now? Same thing with Big Pharma. It's like, Yo. did we, like, how how did it go from, like, we're questioning Big Pharma, we're questioning Bill Gates and his hand in Big Pharma and all the things he's done in places like Mexico, South America, India, all these different places that have experienced different things with, uh, you know, quote-unquote jabs, um, which I'm not going to get into, but still, like, you have the, you have this track record. You have Fauci's track record with AIDS. And then, and then you're like, okay, but yet, but yet, yet, we're gonna trust all of these people now, like these people who have terrible track record yeah. of telling you, you know, never telling you the truth. But like now we're just putting our lives and everything, freedom, everything into their hands, like as if it's like nothing. And I wasn't big that. pharma is the devil was like the rallying cry of the left for the past like 10, 15 time. years. Like, yeah. Since when did they become your best friends? I don't know. It was the, the, the most bizarre thing. I'm like only like three, four years ago, we were all fighting uh, big, uh, big pharma and Monsanto and like yeah. all, these people, all these like, you know, them adding hormones and blah, 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 right. and, like foods and the FDA, it, the FDA was being questioned constantly about <coughs> like the different things that they were. Yeah, from the FDA, like Pfizer, Monsanto, and, like, blah, blah, blah. all that stuff. Dude, it almost feels like a like a My Fair Lady kind of bet amongst billionaires. They're like, look, <laughs> I could turn the entire left pro pharma in five years. Watch, watch. And they're like, totally oh, right. I'll take that bet. I'll take yeah. that bet, Roger. How now? Bronco. Yeah, exactly. And they're just <laughs> totally. counting their billions. Told you, dude. Told you I'd get the left rallying for the pharmaceutical oh, man. companies. Bunch of Killed it. Fat cats. It's it's yeah. like oh man. It's it's crazy. It's I nuts. I swear I like I keep thinking like I woke up one day and I'm in a total like I like it's literally the twilight zone. Like I woke up in the twilight zone one day and it's like it's a totally different dimension. And I'm like we're allowed now living in the dimension where we trust big pharma apparently okay did you do you remember this is a story because this guy is he's so annoying but it's still an interesting story this was back like pr the beginning of the pandemic but do you remember when um uh, jared leto was like on some like, yeah. like some sweat lodge for like two weeks <laughs> or whatever and he came back and like the whole world like turned upside down that's i mean we're kind of yeah, all living wild. a version of that yeah <laughs> Yeah. That was that was funny too because he totally like looked like Jesus and he was walking around the desert and I was like, what "The hell is this guy on?" Like you he's could such tell a he was douche. on stuff too. Oh my god! Oh totally. I I've been at an event where he was there and he was just it was, had just this ridiculous outfit and was just walking around. You could tell he was so into himself, like he was into his own mythos. You know? Yeah, that's called like heavy narcissism, right? Oh, there. Like, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's such I a mean, that good guy is actor. Just, that guy's just weird, though, man. Because he yeah. he obviously has some sort of god complex, like he a superiority complex. That's why mm -hmm. he does these kind of things. Like, yeah, he thinks he's like I don't know something. Um, he's such a good actor, though. I was watching. Uh, I was watching. Well, uh, psychopaths Americans. usually are. Because yeah, they, they have to pretend to be other people. So.
Look at Alec Yeah, Baldwin. that's true. Yeah, good point. Good point. Why do you think he's such a good actor? Yeah, it, it really is an interesting skill set because I mean I knew so many actors because I was an actor for so long in Los Angeles and it's like you see people like they're just they're just sensitive sweet people you know and it's just it's just a skill set but then there is that kind of just blankness in some people where it's like they don't know how to interact they almost are like a psychopath like they are they they just don't really have, but then when they go on stage you're just like blown away by how authentic their portrayal of human behavior is oh look he made it he made it. Hey. hey, hey, better late than never. I was about to hit delete on my YouTube channel and just they fuck life. So there's that. Um, it took two times reinstalling my drivers, 50 fucking up, 50 um, fucking times restarting my computer and like three times clearing out my cash. And then finally it just said, oh, now we, we, we read your mic. Now, after a half an hour of you fucking around with this damn thing. With no impromptu, I still have no idea why this shit doesn't work. But finally, I'm allowed to fucking do this. You're I did here. cancel StreamYard. I did cancel it. I'm not paying these assholes a fucking dime ever again. So fuck you, really? StreamYard. Wow. Fuck you. It fuck you in the ass with a red hot poker StreamYard. You bitch. God damn. You know. Damn. You know. Vigilante. I like Street. You know what? I'll tell you he, something though. The culture I'll crime fighters something. as a whole does not speak. Uh, Vigilante does not represent us. <laughs> I'll tell you something, okay. though, Vigilante. You should contact them because uh, I've had a couple problems with StreamYards before, but their customer service is really good. Yeah. So really? if you tell them yeah. what happened, they might even give you like free month or something like that. You know what I'm okay. saying? Like, because they're really, really good. Mm -hmm. And they'll be like, I'm so sorry you experienced this. And they'll yeah, be like, I've had this issue a couple times. It'll just, for whatever reason, it just stops reading my sound card and it just won't. Just won't read the mic and just does gives me no feedback, and I have to fucking uh, yeah. I agree with since you did a pussy move. Fuck. <laughs> uh, I, I happen to like Streamyard. They've never given me any issue, and I agree I with like Nina. them too. Their customer service is exemplary. I get well. I you know I don't I haven't dealt with their customer service. I, I will. I they will fucking hear from me today. I just they don't want this want stream. To. This gets a shutdown in the middle. They're like, oh, really? Just, Click. Just remember, Vigilante, you can catch more flies with honey, right? Mm -hmm. Like, just, just you know, be nice. Flies. Be nice. Well, they're, they're, like, StreamYard is all tech, too. Like, they're not, like, a big... They're they're the good guys. Well, then yeah. they should make sure this shit works. <laughs> I, hey, look, I'm not saying... I don't know. I wasn't there. I'm not inside your computer. I have no idea. But uh, if 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 it is their fault, then I I do. I mean, I feel bad that it happened to you either free. way. You're my partner in culture crime fighting. Yeah. Um, Ready yeah. to stab somebody? What are we talking about? What are we talking about? We the were coof. talking about how the coof the is silliness shit. with the coof. Oh jeez. That's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Do we have topics? We could start talking about topics. We have some topics. I mean, I got some batting in the comics articles. Vigilante, did you have anything in particular you wanted to talk about? No. Uh -huh. So, w even though I didn't see much of it, our, the Arcane thing, I'm not sure if you've gotten a lot of people fuck with oh. you over that. But I've had people like... So, what happened is last week, uh, Matt had a criticism of Arcane, and uh, everyone got their panties in the bunch. To the point where there's somebody in my Twitter DMs now sending me books about it. Oh my um, god. Books? Well, not really books. I'm being just those super ass, uh, ass uh, messages. There might as well be books. Damn, they might got mad triggered. Boy, mad boy. I'm told it's really, really good by a lot of people, but I haven't watched it yet. And so I tried to watch it 
yesterday. And I, ah. granted, I'm in an angry ass place. So I, I don't want this to be. I was already angry before today in the technical issues. I got 20 minutes in and said, man, I can't do this. Really? That's me personally. And I don't know if it was Matt in my head. I was trying to go anti, like, you know what? I know what Matt said. Fuck what Matt said. But, bro, the the feminism, it's, it's from the jump, man. It's from the fucking jump. And it's the onion thing. I'm trying to eat around these fucking onions. I wanted to eat around these onions. But she's, it's just like. It's my dude right there. I Because I'm going to have to check it out because I've I've heard nothing but great things. If you're not sensitive to any, if you can handle pinches of feminism, your your media, it looks beautiful. There's some pretty cool fight scenes, and it, the story doesn't look like they're, they're not telling it well. But if you're just one of those people that like. Uh, can't fuck. I use the analogy onions. Like if, if I don't really like onions on food, and if, even if I don't know onions are in it, if I start tasting them, it's gonna mess up my experience with food. And it's that's mm-hmm. the exact experience I had with Arcane. I'm trying to eat around the feminism. That does not sound good. Don't don't. <laughs> it's not, it's a, that's already clipped. I'm trying to eat around the feminism. Trying to deal with it. I'm trying to say, you know, it's not that bad. It looks pretty cool, but it's too much. It's just too much. I'm the same way. Cilantro is mine. If there's any cilantro, even in the room, I just <laughs> I, like I, cilantro. I, uh, I think it's a genetic thing, Nina. There's like 17% of the population or something that it tastes like soap or whatever. Um, and I'm one of them. It's like that's it's that. a shockingly bad taste. So yeah, it's like that's my my analogy. Vigilante would be cilantro, and I'm I'm. I'm so glad you see that. Like, not just because I like I want to be right. Like, I started um, Zach's. We know Zach's, right? And he was kind of, yeah. and he was sort of on the the. He was a little bit pushing back on it, but he told me to watch you know the Wheel of Time, um, and uh, I guess everybody has been like you know, I don't know. So I, I put it on last night, and I just just to try it out, and it was exactly what you thought it was going to be. You know, like it yeah. was. It was, of course, it was like men are bad and women are good. And I have like everything these days. That's you know, even my mom, my like my mom is like right, not really into any of this stuff. She's a little bit into it now because of me and because of what I do. But she was like, like, I'm sick of all this female hero shit, like or female everything. It's like, why does it have to be like women have to be the best at everything all the time in every genre and every movie like it's like like for example for her like she really likes noir and she really likes murder mysteries and like blah 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 like stuff like that right and then like even stuff she watches now she's always like okay that like you know the police has to be the woman and then the you know the detective has to be a woman and then the murderer has to be a woman and then it's always like okay you know somehow one woman is better than the other woman and how are they better than the other woman? And it's just like, and then meanwhile, the men are all shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and even her, she's like, what the hell is going on? And it's like, like I, like I started the wheel of time and I guess like, Oh no, I started something else and there was an advertisement for yellow jackets, you know? And I guess it's like kind of a thriller or something where a bunch of, women soccer team like on a plane crash crash and then something happens and it becomes i don't know there's like a killer or some shit and i was like yeah good luck with that show i'm not 
I heard not about even... that show. Yellow Jackets? I, th- I heard it was good. But I mean, it might be. I'm not going to try it, though. I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not going to knock Like, I'm not, like, ag- against it. But I'm just looking at that, and I'm like, Ugh. like, I guess I, I come out of. I'm I'm at a weird place with with new TV shows. Like I mm-hmm. I just I really I really don't want to watch any because uh, I'm I'm always like okay, especially if they like if it's a limited series, I'll watch it because it's uh-huh. done. Like it's like a one and done. But when the ones that are like, oh yeah, there's season two coming out, and season three, and blah, blah blah, I'm like I can't trust anyone anymore. Like uh, no. a couple of years ago when the boys came out, and everyone was like just going crazy about the boys, and I was like I'm not gonna watch it. Like I've I've learned my lesson. Let's see what happens in a couple of years when season two and three are out. And then season two dropped and everyone changed their tune. And they were like, oh, no, season two is shit. And, you know, everyone's like talking about how they're not looking forward to it and blah, blah, blah. I mean, the same thing happened with The Expanse. And I'm a huge fan of The Expanse. And, you know, season five was absolute freaking trash. Trash. And we got season six starts on Friday. Yep. Um, which I'm going to probably be doing reviews. Um, I normally do like a live stream review, but I don't know how to marry that with FNT and the cocktail lounge. Like, There's no real time for me to be able to do it because like, I'm not going to compete with Friday Night Tights when my primary audience are fans of Friday Night yeah. Tights. Yeah. So it's like, unless I do it before Friday Night Tights, but they start at like three in the afternoon. So I think I'm just going to do like hour reviews and then just release them as a video the next morning because i'm doing uh well i'm doing mine on sundays because i always do my entertainment reviews on sundays anyway oh, okay. so i'm I, I was actually doing hawkeye but then uh i'm jumping ship and i'm going how, to <laughs> how is hawkeye i didn't see it because i didn't want to because I'm here uh, <laughs> what do you think of it it's well i haven't seen the newest episode i haven't seen episode four yet uh mm-hmm. but so far it's um i would say the I would say it's the better of the Marvel series so far. Actually, I don't, okay. uh, I don't hate it as much as I hated Loki. Or I mean, Loki was absolute garbage, and so was Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I, I think my like my least favorite one out of all of them has been Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and it's not as woke as those. I think you guys would hate it. Like if you <laughs> if you think that like. You know, like talking about the feminism stuff, like, oh, there's definitely it's the MCU. There's no going around that. You won't you won't enjoy it. I just think you guys won't enjoy it. But certain other people might. Yeah, then then I'm going to pass. You know what? When I saw the previews, they had like months before it came out. So maybe it's going to be dialed down. Maybe it's not going to be as bad. But I, I don't think that's the case. Well, I mean, it's not as bad. Like, again, depending on what you're comparing it to, it's not as mm-hmm. bad as Loki. Uh, it's It's got better writing. Um, they're at least learning from their past mistakes of, like, even if you're trying to build, uh, a, you know, a female character, at least they're giving you some expositions of why she's the bestest ever, even though she's still the bestest ever. Um, but they're still at least telling you that she's had training and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's just, like, you know, different – there's little different aspects of it, which I, like, I, I did like. Like, there was, like, for example, in Hawkeye, like, the, they're actually talking about, like, Hawkeye being a good dad, you know? And, like, they're, they're like, the themes of a good dad is in the show, which I think is sorely missing in Hollywood these days. Yeah. So I was kind of pleasantly surprised about how well they're portraying the father 
relationship and even a fatherly fatherly figure because Kate Bishop doesn't have a father. And so like Hawkeye's kind of like being a father figure for her. Um, and right. I think that th those things are positives about the show. Uh, there's a lot of negatives, but you can always focus on negatives, right? Well, you know what? That's kind of like, I wonder if that's the new thing. If they like, okay, wait, we, we've gone too hard with, with feminism and wokeness. Let's dial it back and try to make it more logical. I almost felt that with Arcane too. Like, okay, we're not going to go mm -hmm. super hard, mega, you know, all men are bad. We'll show some positive light. You showed positive, a positive father yeah. figure in that. But yeah. there's like, but still, at the end of the day, women are better. We're, it's we're still not gonna... the same shit. It's just a restructuring. It's it's probably a better delivered. It yeah, it's a better delivery system. It's a slightly well, more like sophisticated version. But at the end of the day, you're still getting the same the characters in the same positions. And it's like, all right, well then, what's uh, okay? I mean, I felt just... like kind of like the same with Ghostbusters. Like my my uh, opinion of it wasn't a popular one because I didn't Ooh. like it as much as like the a lot of the people did. Um, and I think that there was a lot of like weird, actually like, you know, dads aren't good kind of messages in, in that movie. Um, I like, but I think it was, but like, that's how I picked it up though. You know, like I, I, I just don't, I think that the studios though, cause it wasn't, it, it definitely wasn't as in your face with Ghostbusters. So I think that the studios are kind of like going back to the old model of subtle propaganda versus like just incredibly overt because I think that they're starting to see that that's not really working um, especially when like when you see that like you know you see headlines like you know Hawkeye's suffered like a 40% drop in viewership since you know the second Is that episode. true? 40%? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, so when you see stuff like that like versus Loki um, when you see that, then like obviously the studios are seeing stuff like that, so they're like, okay, like we really need to tone it the fuck down. Um, so I think that that's what they did with Ghostbusters, and I think moving forward they're gonna be doing that. They're gonna go back to the old model of very subtle propaganda, and that's usually the the subtle kind of propaganda is what is actually the most kind of successful pro form of propaganda because it's when you don't see it happening to you. Um, so like that's that's the most successful one. And I felt like the Ghostbusters afterlife was exactly that. Like there was a lot of propaganda in it. And a lot of people were just like, well, whatever. At least, you know, mm -hmm. they're, they're all back together. And I'm like, oh, man, the amount of propaganda in this movie was like actually unreal. But OK. like That's how I felt like about it. Arcane. And that was like and the thing was, I, I was just like, hey, like it. It's fine if you like it, but you got to make sure you see the forest for the trees a little bit here. You know, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. you got to see the missiles behind, you know, the f the packages of food. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like mm -hmm. it seems like it's all nice and good. But the truth of the matter is it's there's some nefarious stuff. It's still woven in there. and It's still you, there. If, yeah. And if you don't care, that's fine. But don't try to tell me it's not there because, oh, this time she trained. It's like, yeah, but she's still the best Ever. In, 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 you know, and you're just like, and she's still like in a traditional male role, and the males are put to the sideline, and it's like yeah. it's still the same kind of thing. They're being emasculated, and yeah. yeah, yeah, and you're still like baseline lesbian, you know, character where she, you know, rather her not her the, like at least with Arcane, rather not her sexuality is is explicitly said. This is a lesbian character. I, I I don't know if there's a guy later on, but this character is a lesbian, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with lesbians. 
we like lesbians on the hub, but I don't want to see this like super masculine woman. Just like I don't want to see a super. Everyone's a lesbian now. That's it. Yeah. And yeah. the thing is, it's not that I don't want to see that. It's not like I'm I'm adverse to it. I'm adverse to it being the only version of the representation. Only yeah. <laughs> like it, you know, it's like it's every single female character like can never be in love like with a man for real, even unless she's like the alpha. Unless it's like right. Wonder Woman, you know what I mean, and Steve yeah. thing. Like then they can kind of. But other than that, like they can't even. They don't even like men. It's like no. Yeah. Don't women get a little annoyed at this shit? Like, I don't. Of course. Well, I mean, I do, because I think that it's just. Uh, I think it's just ridiculous. Like, I mean, I, I don't know. We we are flawed. We are human beings. We are flawed creatures. We all are. Like men. Yeah, and for sure. Women, Every single know? person on earth. Yeah, and and it's just it's weird to. It's just it's the same thing. I feel like it, the same thing that's happening with that is happening with the whole like, you know, tokenization too. like it's like, oh, like Miles Morales being Peter Parker. And like it, it's like mm -hmm. they're doing they're doing the same shit just in different ways to gear it towards every single category of people that you could possibly think of, you know, like I I don't know. <laughs> e. Clay Thompson says Nina is a lesbian confirmed. <laughs> um, real it? quick, I, I got a uh, I got a super chat or at least a, a tip from the stream elements side uh, from the mighty that seventies rock fan. Hail that seventies rock fan for ten dollars. Hail brother. He says, uh, um, "God damn it, do I have to pay you to read my witty comments out?" Well, that's how you get paid. Aww. Thank you very much, my good man. And uh, if you want to hear more of that 70s rock fan's witty comments, he's on the MF for Cocktail Lounge pretty much every week with lots of Scottish witticisms. So feel free to there join us there for that. Thanks for the super chat, brother. There you go. That's a fun uh, show. It is a fun show. It is a fun yes. show. Hopefully I can actually join it. Uh, yeah. I'm We've been starting. To... Sorry, go ahead, Vidge. No, I'm going to try to join it this week, even if it's only for a small time. And we love you. We miss yeah. you. Love you guys but, too. Yeah. Now that um, the FNT is starting on time and ending on time, <laughs> I've started earlier. I'm like, okay, I don't have to wait till 1030 to get this going. I, I, I had to change my time for Infinite Hope too because they start earlier. And I was like, oh, no, I'm going to have to start earlier. So <laughs> starting yeah. earlier now. Which is actually cool for me because now I get some sleep. Yeah. Same here. You know, if I do a four-hour show, it's not two thirty in the morning or whatever. Yeah, I prefer it by a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. We used to do some late-night streams with the yeah, and, and super long, like seven-hour streams have happened too, which is insane. I remember insane. like a couple times because I'm a night owl, so I'll, I'll just like be like, oh, let's see who's live streaming. Oh, it's Matt, yeah. and then like I like click on it. I'm just like lurking, and you guys are going for like six, seven hours. And getting drunker, like that's not good, honestly. Like the more we think about it, that one episode. I know you talk about you getting drunk, but I've been like really toasted a couple. There was one where I was just toasted, and another one where fucking Nick Wiser encouraged me. And I, I, I remember the episode happening. Huh. I don't remember what was said. <laughs> oh my goodness! On either, really. So somehow, I, 
and I, I feel like I may have just jinxed us, but somehow, despite all that, we've never said anything that like we had to go back and edit out or anything like that. Jesus. You know, like we, yeah, we say like some wild stuff, but we never I, I feel like we've never said anything where you're like, wood. oh shit, shit. Yeah, I know. Knocking on wood. But I feel like that's pretty impressive considering how many people are on that show and how many people are heavily drinking. All those factors could now, of course, this week I'm going to get the channel yeeted. But are yeah. you sure though? Because like you would have to go back back and watch the whole thing because you don't know. But I think I think someone would be cognizant of the fact that some, something was just said that was mad fucked up. I mean, you like, said I, a lot oh, of I see what you mean. That's just but you would probably get clips too. Like <laughs> look at what Matt just said. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know. Most it's not like there's a lot of people who would watch who like are you know waiting for me to screw up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know. you don't have those weirdo dildo. stalkers yet? No, not yet. No. Even since you did, I'll say that actually it's pretty mint toast. And you know what else? <laughs> He's like, it's not even that interesting, quite frankly. <laughs> <laughs> because usually there's so many people, we're cutting each other off, so we're not giving someone a chance to, to, to like, fuck up their life or everyone else's. Yeah, that's so, true. That's it's true. It's a Trump limited people audience. cutting each other off. Yeah, it's true. This is true. Yeah. Well, um, I didn't. I didn't feel like there was a lot of like really pressing stories that I was like, oh, I got to get to that. But uh, a, a few interesting ones that I, when I went to Bounding into Comics, um, I saw one about Kelly Sudaconic, uh and her re- rewriting uh, the past for uh, Wonder Woman Historia. That's um, on. Will Wheaton is throwing a fit about uh, Dave Chappelle. Uh, what? Cool. Why? Anyone uh, on Earth needed Will Wheaton's approval or opinion on anything? Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, because I guess Chappelle is going back to Netflix or something to that effect. Like they, yeah, we could actually talk about this one. Because, but he was yeah. always there. Like he never left. They well, wanted that, him to leave, but he never left. Well, the closer was his last special on that deal. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so that's why it's called the closer. Yeah, like was, yeah, but. You mean? Are you saying that they renewed his contract after the closer, and he's going to do more? I believe that that is the case. Yes. Let me uh, double okay. check. Well, All right. And that's that why I sense. think he's having a little bit of a meltdown. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, oh, he's set for the festival. Okay, he's going to uh, the Netflix is a joke uh, comedy festival. Oh, so, okay. Meaning Netflix is still in business with him. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's some business with him. They paid him to, you know, have his his show on there and everything. Yeah, I tell yeah. you what, though, if it wasn't for the fact that he brings in so much money or that they spend so much money on him, like I think if he was a lower tier, Netflix would have absolutely dumped him off. Oh yeah, I agree, for sure. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about Dave Chappelle here. He's not just anybody. They would have definitely dumped him if it was somebody. Yeah, else. so like I don't think it's a principal decision. I think it's purely a financial. I, I agree. I agree with you. Uh, so it says, Dave Chappelle set for Netflix as a joke festival after being, quote, canceled. The comedian came under fire over his Netflix special, The Closer, which have, have any of you guys seen? I haven't actually seen yeah, it. Yeah, I've seen I've, it. I've not seen it. What did you? Oh, did we talk about this, Nina? Yeah, we talked about this. But yeah. um, I mean, you it's... said they focused too much on it a little bit. You're like, OK, just move on. It Yeah, but it was like his like story he wanted to tell. You could tell he had a, he he this was like a this was a message like it was because this he was personally affected by the loss of his friend and he he like he doesn't 
deal with Twitter. So he was like, I'm just going to fucking lay it all out in this comedy special, which I didn't quite think was like it should. I don't even think it should be called a comedy special, to be completely honest Mm. with you. It was it was like a TED talk. It wasn't it (laughs) wasn't really a comedy special. That's why I didn't want to see it. That's what I thought it would be. It definitely wasn't his best. Like it's mm. not that funny. It's it's funny because it's it's Dave, but it's not like you know I'm holding my sides, laughing my ass off because he's making fun of crackheads. Kind of funny, you know. Mm. It's well, not his. It's not. It's not the Chappelle show. I do think for like whatever reason. Oh my god! Wait a minute. What? Oh, like the 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 lineup for this for who's actually going to be on? Oh, yeah, this. I'm looking at the lineup too. <coughs> oh, what is it? Okay, let's it's see a mixed Jane, bag. To say it's got least. Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin, uh, Pete Davidson, Ray Romano, uh, Seth Rogen, Tig oh, Notaro, oh, Seth Rogen, uh, uh, Kevin Hart, Ken Jong, Amy Poehler, Aziz Burr will be there. Wow, Burr's in this lineup. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of yeah, Eli- Eliza Schlesinger, Chelsea Letterman's here. Yeah, Dave Chris Levin Rock. Well, he's got a show. Um, he does have that show. Yeah, yeah. Whatever yeah. It's called. Conan, Eddie Izzard, and Ellen DeGeneres. You're right. That is a very mixed bag. I mean, the Amy only people. Ugh, the only people in there in that lineup that like are interesting to me are kind of more uh, like institutionalized. Like they've they've been around for so long yeah. that they're like like Burr. Eliza Ellen DeGeneres. I'm surprised about that one because didn't she just kind of like oh, yeah, get her yeah, show little... canceled because she's like an abuser and like all this shit? I'm kind of does she still have that. a show? I don't know. No, no it's, it's done. It's done. Okay. It's done. Or it, if it's not done, it's on this last few episodes, last season or whatever. Um, but yeah, this this is a pretty. I'm surprised about Ellen being there because yeah, I, I thought too. she was kind of like being ousted a little bit. Probably, but if she's now doesn't have that show to protect, she can go back to being a stand-up. Yeah. Ew, I mean, Chelsea Handler. Yeah, gross, gross indeed. They invited they, anybody they knew that told a joke, didn't they? Wait, well, no, because you could tell, like, 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 no. like I said, the only comics here who are who are like any kind of interesting comic are the I ones that are so. Too. Yeah, like they're all so old that they're uncancelable. Like you're not going to find any new interesting comics that are like not woke here. You know what I mean? Like every one of these younger comics, even like Aziz, you know, like they toe the line. There's no, you know, there's no like edgy comics. I see like Chris DiStefano well, there. And he, Tim Dillon. No, there. Burr is the only Tim one. Tim Dillon. That would tell, uh, yeah, would, would at least a the, little bit. He's, I see him there. Where? Okay, I have I have a different list on one on Bounding. And he's in the lower. They have like different tiers, and he's on the lowest tier. At the I Netflix see. is a joke festival. Yeah, yeah. Let me. No way. Me. So you can see what I see. It's yeah. Jeez. Uh, oh, you can probably just it, put it on the screen because you're my co-host. Oh shit! I didn't even think about that. I can't. Yeah. Can oh no, I'm not. I'm not logged in because I've oh. at every fucking thing. With, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I like. I like how Hannah Gatsby and is like. That that's the that's the big name, yeah. Hannah oh, Gatsby. Oh, good. This is the LGBTQ. That girl that had a fit about this thing. Yeah, oh, she's, she's not the, a comedian. No, she's, she's not. not. She's a. She gives TED talks that are mildly amusing. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. didn't she have a conniption about this whole closer thing? Yeah, uh-huh. she did. Yeah, hundred percent. So yeah, this is how it has it. It has you know this kind of tier. And then is that the this year? 
Is that this year? Yep. This is or okay. this this coming. Yeah. Like, oh like my god. One. Wanda Sykes, of course. So let's She's see. Like Ali Wong. Wait. Okay, stop sorry. scrolling. Stop scrolling. Go to the top top. There you go. Ali Wong, Amy Schumer, Oof. Burr, yeah. Chappelle, Letterman, Fox, Fonda, Tomlin, Hart, Martin Lawrence, uh, Schitt's Creek Live, Sebastian Maniscalco, Dave Chappelle, Billy Crystal, Whoopi Goldberg, Kevin Hart, Chris Rock, Seinfeld, Silverman, oh, Wanda Sykes. Billy Crystal's going to be there. Damn. Kreischer and Segura, uh, Jeff Ross and David Tell, Chris D'Elia, Jim Jeffries, uh, Norm McDonald. Norm's dead, dude. This is definitely the wrong. Okay. This is the wrong, this one. Is the wrong one. Yeah, it's got to be. Uh, Norm is dead. Yeah. <laughs> Norm's oh, okay, been... maybe this isn't. This isn't I was like, I don't. This sounds too, too much to be real. Yeah, like for nowadays, like I'm like, what? Who are what like, like then Tim Dillon's he... gonna be at the Netflix as a joke fest? I well, don't know about that. Then what the hell is this thing? Uh, what am I reading, Bonnie? I'm, I'm looking at it. it. Says it'll be honored as part of the inaugural edition. Oh, is there like a hall? Like they have like a hall of fame thing that they're doing. It says that he will be honored as an inaugural edition of their hall alongside all these individuals, which would make sense why normal. Oh, that makes sense. Like, they're just it's like there an to honor like, thing. Okay. they're just there to like clap for themselves. That's basically what it is. Yeah. Let me see. So I'm looking at. They're actually. I mean, it's a good lineup. I mean, like Colin Quinn's gonna be there. Like. There's, you know, like I said, Burr. Mateo Lane's a funny comic. Ugh, Mark Marin. I don't see. I still don't. I, where do you see Tim Dillon, though? He's Theo Vaughn. You see right, like right where my mouse is? Or... Yeah, I saw that, Tim Dillon. Yeah, right here. Okay. Last line. And I was actually just uh, off screen trying to Bob see. Kelly's going to be there? All right. Yeah, all right. Dude, I mean, that's that's a pretty... It's a pretty diverse lineup. I'll give them that. There's some funny people on that lineup for sure. Yeah. Not all just so I don't know shills. The, the nature of that poster. If that if there's like some like honor thing or, or whatever. If everyone's gonna be there, whatever it is. Um. Yeah. Pat, Pat S says Amy and Tig are just there for eye candy. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. There's no uh, real like. I don't know. I feel like. This is why I was a little disappointed with Chappelle, too, because I feel like there's no real, like, political comics anymore. Like, you know, Bill Burr and Chappelle come close because, you know, Burr will talk about feminism once in a while. and Once in a while. You know, once in a blue moon. And, and you know, Chappelle's talking about the whole trans thing. But nobody's talking about the Biden administration and what a joke that is. I mean, there's so much jokes to be had. I think the only person that's actually kind of making a little bit of fun is Joe Rogan. Sure, um, Rogan. But that's the only person that I've heard actually. It's not going to happen from Main Street. I mean, you got um, uh, Ryan Long. I don't know why I think of him right now. Mm -hmm. That's about as much as you'll get. You'll get stuff on YouTube. You'll get stuff on TikTok and Instagram, but like mainstream comedy. Yeah, but right. mainstream comics, no, though. Like you know, no. But mainstream nobody. comics toe the line because a lot most mainstream comics are like mainstream entertainers. Like they're slightly edgier than like an actor or something like that. Like they'll say some wild shit, but they tend to. Yeah, Sentient Dill is a good point. Tim Dillon does. He definitely talks yeah, a, a fair amount of shit. You know what I mean? Like Tim Dillon, I think. I don't think I've heard his stuff lately. I mean, I watch his podcast. Like he, there's really nothing he won't touch. Um, 
I don't think he's, you know, like he had that whole controversy just a few weeks ago with Michael Che, where he oh, yeah. was calling out that awful COVID sketch, like mocking Joe Rogan. And it was that like a big bird. Bad. It was so bad. And it was like a Sesame Street COVID joke thing. Um, and you know, Tim Dillon was just like, that's so fucking lazy. He called it state propaganda, you know? So, you know, he, he's, he's pretty based, you know, he's pretty based for a fat gay, former cocaine addict. <laughs> well, that's good. I mean, there's one. <laughs> I don't know yeah. yeah. You know, I did actually start listening to this podcast. It's pretty interesting and it's not, um, it's not that political. It's actually not political at all. Uh, it's pretty much apolitical. Like it never really comes up. The whole it's called Taste Buds, mm-hmm. and it's uh, Sal Volcano from Impractical Jokers, who I'm not really a huge fan of, but I'm warming up to him. And, and uh, Joe DeRosa, and they have this podcast that's like debate style, and it'll be things like. Uh, best soda of all time and they'll both pick one and then they'll debate it back and forth for the whole episode and oh, i gotta fine. tell you it it, it is and you find i find myself so invested in one side or the other and like when he's like making some wild claim i'm like oh shut up sal you're out of your mind i'm like yelling at the at the tv you know it's like oh it's my really, god that's hilarious yeah it's a very entertaining show hmm, uh what channel is that on that's a youtube show yeah, what channel is it on? Oh, yeah, uh, it's just channel. Taste Buds Podcast. I think it's on the No Press Network is uh, Sal Volcano's YouTube channel. Okay. But, uh, yeah. Check him- it out. It's funny. It's really, really funny. Like, I, I they had, um, it was mac and cheese versus stuffing, like, which is, like, the better food. Uh, <laughs> then they... Then they did one, which I started. I didn't get to watch it, but it was Han Solo versus Luke Skywalker, which is the better character. Okay, so no press network. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm gonna subscribe to these people and check their stuff out. Yeah, like Sal Volcano is like a huge celebrity because of the Impractical Jokers. Yeah, I know. I've yeah, that. I've never seen a single episode about of that show, but apparently it's Neither like freaking huge. It's on. Uh, I have it's True not, TV. What it's... are you guys watching lately that you're actually enjoying? Nothing at all. YouTube. <laughs> Shit on YouTube. Yeah. There's Nina Infinity's going. channel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What did I watch? I watched Tremors the other night. Um, American Psycho. Uh, oh. You know, older stuff. Although, I got to say, American Psycho is pretty fucking annoying because at the end of the day, I was watching that and I was like, it's not it's not woke, but it's like Hollywood jacking off itself. Like, I think the whole point of that movie is that, like, he could actually be a serial killer like that, but because of, like, the elite, you know, community that they live in, that they would just kind of, like, cover it up, and everyone's so superficial and into themselves, they don't look any further. Like, I think that's the point. And I'm like, coming from Hollywood, that is the most arrogant, (laughs) self righteous, non introspective (laughs) criticism to launch at a community. I was just so, at the end, I was like, Oh, I think uh, I enjoyed that movie a lot when I first watched it because, again, like, it, it, actually, that was right around the time that I started kind of like my journey into understanding what psychopathy was and like reading all these books, like, you mm-hmm. know, Without a Conscious by Robert Hare and like all these different books about psychopathy and psychopathology and stuff like that. Interesting. Um, and when I was reading it, I watched that movie and it was a really eye opening movie for me because it really talks about kind of like the psychopath next door 
and the idea that uh, you know not every not every psychopath is going to look like you know a serial killer or like you know they're not going to look a certain way they can mm-hmm. be packaged very differently they can be packaged in a very handsome man and uh you know they can be fully crazy uh and i think that that uh was a very eye-opening thing for me at the time because you really don't think about those kind of things when it comes to psychopaths you always want to imagine like you know somebody with scarred face and like you know just you know fucked up teeth and like you know just whatever like it's just a big creeper uh and then that movie really depicted the idea that they're always there they're among us and you don't even know you don't know who it could be yeah no i i think that's interesting but what's your interpretation of the ending where it's kind of like unclear whether he did or didn't do it oh he did it and they all covered it up yeah because why because of his status yeah i mean i I think that's the point i don't know but then again when he's running around shooting everyone at the end that doesn't seem like that's possible no i mean i don't think it was the cop car with the pistol like it's like it's been a long time since i've seen it so i don't really remember that part but like um but like i just think that it it I, and I, like obviously, not all of it is going to be very realistic because it was sure. kind of, in a way, it was a comical, like a metaphorical story of uh-huh. of what a psychopath is supposed to be like. Um, and I think that, like, but I would have to rewatch it in order to accurately answer you because I don't remember that part. Quite okay, well. I mean, it was it was still a very compelling movie. Like, I I was like compelled to watch it. And Christian Bale, motherfucker, what a performance! He's great, he's, he's so great. great. Have you so seen many... Equilibrium? Uh, I don't heard of think it, but so. I have not seen it. You guys would love it. You should watch Equilibrium. It's Isn't that so is that the good. one where there's the uh, like the martial arts built around handguns or something? Yes, and basically it's about a dystopian society where they're making people take pills to suppress their emotions. Ah, and it came out around the same time as uh, the Matrix, mm-hmm. um, and so it was kind of like drowned out. But it's phenomenal, and Christian wow. Bale's freaking bad ass in that movie. That was kind of like the movie that when I watched that movie, and people were like, "Oh, he's gonna be Batman," and everyone was shitting on it. And I was like, uh, "Have you guys not seen Equilibrium? He's like the most badass mofo. Like he is gonna be a great Batman because because of that movie." Mm-hmm. Uh, he's so, a badass dude. I mean, he was very mm-hmm. badass in. Uh, in American Psycho, like just he yeah. just was so fit and intimidating and scary when he's chasing that girl around the apartment with the chainsaw. It's very scary because yes. he's so fit, like he's yes. so athletic. Yeah. It's like, oh, he could definitely catch you. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, Matt, you will, you guys will love Equilibrium. Trust me, watch it. I just want to say bye to the broad. Peace out, broad. Later, Daniela. Daniela. Boy, boy. She did say she did give a nice shout out to you earlier, Nina. Oh, she loves you. Hey. Good yeah, to see you. Thinks, yeah, she's cool. Danielle's becoming like a part of this community, like actively. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, she's super awesome. Yeah, yeah I met really her on gelled. your show that last time when we were talking, or the last time I came on your channel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always oh, nice when you stop by. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, e. Clay Thompson says, oh, my God, I watched Equilibrium last night. Lol, it's good but flawed. Well, everything mm. is flawed. Like, that's it's, true. Nothing's ever going to be perfect. Yeah, except for Scorsese movies. Other than that... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I guess disagree. that's true. I love Scorsese movies, so I'm not going to disagree yeah, with so you. Yeah, they're so good. 
Yeah, I, I guess mean, that's some true. Some of them are like better than the others, though. Like, so I feel like there is, like, it depends on what your taste is. You know what I'm saying? When even when it comes to Scorsese, because I think sometimes he. Oh he my God! Has he a, put out a fucking musical with Liza Minnelli and De Niro, which is unwatchable. Yeah, it's. I didn't know this existed until now. What? Horrible. What? Oh my god. You're lying. No, I'm not. That can't be possible. It is a real thing. Um <laughs> what's it called? I forgot. It's like I guess it's called New York, New York. It's When did this come out? Like the seventies. Oh my god. Okay. I didn't it, I thought you meant like recently. I was like, excuse me? No, and it, it tries to blend like his grittiness, but like with a classical musical style, and it—I mean—it awesome. falls so flat. Like it's Ooh. so bad. It's—I—I I mean, ugh, I did I, not believe this. I did not know this existed. It's That's so, hilarious. It's this tortured jazz player, and like she's like a singer, and she's becoming successful, but you know they're in love, and he's destructive. I Is mean, it comical? It, no. No? Oh, no. No, I mean, yeah. it's comically bad. Yeah, I was going to say, like, can you watch it and, like, laugh? It's too painful because it's it's De Niro still and Scorsese. Yeah. Like, it's not it's like funny. It's De Niro and Scorsese, You know what too? I watched? Yeah. Like, like, a couple months ago, I watched a De Niro movie I'd never watched before, and I was like, this is a fucking amazing movie. How had I never seen this before? It was, um, God, I forget what it's called right now, but it was... um. It's like this '80s movie where this this dude he's like a he's like an ex cop and he's he's like a um, oh is this Midnight Run? Know. Yes, Midnight Run. Yeah. It was so good. I was like, this is a great movie. Midnight Run is really like for what for what it is. It, it's like that perfect '80s buddy like cop crime thing. Kind of like like a like a. 48 hours kind of vibe. Yes. You know, like two mis like two mismatched guys paired up to like survive throughout the this thing. The amount it's- of time I heard the word bitch and son of a bitch, I was like this is this is the most amazing movie. I, how do, have I missed this? I mean, that guy with the glasses and he would like leave his glasses for him like the the cop like on the mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's fun. It's it's a so fun good. like it never gets too serious, but it's it's like lots of good action and it's a fun. It's just a fun watch. It's a really such just, a fun watch. That was yeah. so good. Yeah, that's when I, De Niro was really good. Yeah, he had a good run there for a while. Ooh, what happened to that guy? Oh boy, he got woke too. Really woke. Taxes doesn't he owe? Doesn't he owe a lot of money to somebody? I can't remember if it's taxes, ex wives. Yeah. Ooh, really? I didn't know that. Ooh. Family court. Never well, I know that. The weird part is, a few years ago, De Niro used to be one of those like hardcore anti-vax people because he he oh really believed, oh yeah because he fully believed that his son became autistic because of vax, mm. and he was totally onto that whole train, and then um, something happened. I guess they paid him off or whatever, and he be he went the, the complete way. opposite and now he's all about getting vaccinated and stuff like that hmm. but he was part of that anti-vax movement for a long time wow so he was well, an actual anti-vaxxer yeah he was yeah like a he, real he one believed that his son like was became autistic because of the vaccine. wow wait yeah what a good point hollywood uses anti-vaxxer as like this pejorative to criticize people who don't want to get the jab yet that used to be a trendy thing in hollywood to legit sure be an was. anti-vaxxer yeah, <laughs> it sure was. yeah I fucking was. forgot about that. 
Oh man, they are Most shameless. Most people do. Most people do. They are fucking shameless. Pepper's Farm remembers. Oh my god, yeah. God, I'm so happy I don't farm. live there anymore, man. I was thinking about that the other day. I I do not regret my decision even slightly. Oh. You Awful and me town. both, dude. Whenever I hear anything about Canada, I'm like, I'm so glad I don't live there anymore. Peace. Bye. Uh, bye. I got a super chat coming in from Man of War 665 Neighbor of the Beast. My first super chatter ever. Never Aww. forget your first. Thank you, Man of War. He says, two words, you hypocrite. <laughs> uh, quite the community I've uh, cult- uh, cultivated here. Uh, Shutter Island. I knew it wouldn't take me long. What do you mean? What do you mean by Shutter Island? Yeah, what's like, the context? Is that the movie? Island? I don't know. Yeah, it's a Scorsese film. Is, are you that, saying it's bad? Oh, he's or saying it's bad. Good? He's saying it's. I think he's saying Maybe. it's bad. Oh well, if he's saying it's bad, I would agree. Um, but thank you very much, my friend. And speaking of Nero, I don't Niro, think it's his. Christmas, your share, just a little taste, Jimmy. Sorry to cut you off there, Nina. Oh no, it's it's fine. That was a great clip. Um, thank you. I don't think it's his best, like Shutter Island. Definitely, it's not like one of his best, but it was still really good. I mean, especially compared to what the fuck's going on nowadays. I mean, you watch these movies now, and you're like, "Oh, that's what back when we had standards, and we actually, you know, thought that this movie wasn't as good as it could be." You know, when it comes to somebody like Scorsese, uh, but now you watch all those movies, and you're you're like, "Oh, this was a fucking great movie." That's true. A lot of movies. I went back and watched. Um... Not Hunt for the Red October, Crimson Tide. And it was a movie I was like, yeah, that was good. And now I go back and I'm like, wow, this is amazing. It has yeah. like plot progression and character arcs and a kind of a gray ending where there isn't like a defined winner and loser. Or, you know, you're just kind of like, oh, yeah, like a good story. That's what I that's what I'm claiming about uh, the, the new Matrix. Like, uh, you know, everybody, yeah. everybody who claims that they hated like the, the, the sequels, like the second and the third one. They're going to, after they watch The Matrix 4, they're going to go back to those and be like, these were fucking masterpieces. You're right. <laughs> just just the way people look at the prequels now, like, God, exactly. you know, this is Shakespeare. Um, there's a pretty good Scorsese conversation going on in the chat. Um, uh, and the one, uh, one point, too, though, like, he's made bad movies. Don't get me wrong. But he has made so many masterpieces that, so what? It kind of sh- like overshadows all his bad shit. Yeah, he's. I feel like Casino, Taxi Driver, Goodfellas, uh, uh, Wolf of Wall Street, The Departed. I mean, the Departed. The list is so long and so numerous and so full of classics that it's like, yeah, okay, Raging Bull. Like, it, so what? I don't care if he makes a few bad movies, and I. But I think as I do agree. Uh, that Man of War and Sentient Dildo are saying that the uh, Irishman is a bloated mess. I loved the Irishman. Did you now? I would tend to agree with and the I, chat. And and I watched it in one sitting. Wow. That's the whole thing. What'd you and love maybe about like it? Maybe like one bathroom break, but I, I watched the whole thing and I really liked it. I thought it was his masterpiece. I thought it was his like the... I don't know the uh, what's the word that they talk about like the last movie that you do that's like the kind of oh, like the you're like um, opus Mag- or something yeah, magnum yeah, opus magnum opus I thought it was his magnum opus I thought he did like he it was magnificent it was an amazing story I thought that he did he combined everything he had learned through all of his movie telling experience. Yeah, huh. um, I, and, I found uh, the the CGI and combined it with new new CGI. That's the thing, like because he was the first one that kind of brought that 
new de-aging. Um, and that's fine. I mean, everybody can disagree. Um, no, the de-aging actually put me off of it because I saw that and I was like, I don't know if damn. I can sit the three hours. But he was I never being... saw the movie, so I, that's my full... But he was being the thing, though, like he was being that uh, pioneer because this is now this is going to be the future. So when you see this movie again, this is when this is going to be one of those movies when you see it in years time, you're going to be like, man, this guy was so ahead of the game. He's always ahead of the game. This is what Scorsese does. He sets the next tier of what filmmaking is going to be. I mean, I like that that's your angle. I I didn't, I don't agree. Like I, I thought like it really detracted from the film. I think had they just cast younger actors for the younger parts, it would have, it would have been more impactful. But, and, and De Niro, De Niro Niro was, because I like, I like it when they, like they cast younger actors and they have them have that experience. Like mm -hmm. I like, I, I agree with that. But at the same time, I I understand when a filmmaker like Scorsese is like, no, I want to try this new technology, and like you know, set the next trend or whatever. And he, I does mean, I it. respect that. But De Niro with blue eyes was so fucking distracting. I couldn't get <laughs> it was three and a half hours, four hours. I couldn't get comfortable with it. I was like, ah, like I've been, someone I've been looking at like my whole life. Yeah, and it's like it's like you don't have blue eyes. Like it's so it was so off putting. It just it's, felt yeah. weird. I understand um, what you mean. Well, one thing I do agree with, Nina, I do think, unfortunately, this technology will be used going forward. I know Indiana Jones 5 is supposed to use this technology. I think a lot of movies, especially because we're nostalgia, you know, whores, a lot of movies are going to use this de-aging thing. Hell, everyone yes, last yeah. year freaked out because of fucking uh, Mark Hamill. And that yep. looked terrible. But, that, yeah. but the technology is still going to be used regardless. It's going of to be used. That's the next thing. Well, Until doing they come out with while. like actual like I mean, virtual reality movies, that's going to be the next. But for I don't know if it has been used as heavily. Where like okay, not just a scene well, or two, but like the whole movie or a good portion of the movie. Well, they they digitally enough. de-age a lot of actors, but like in subtle ways, they give them like yeah. a little digital makeover. You know, just a little it's, like a little facelift. You know, make them look a bit extent, younger. Because it, it's such a protected part of your brand as an actor, um, especially as an actress. But it's like if you get any, you get you get noticeably older, your like box office value goes down. So it's something that they protect. That's why they're obsessed with like plastic surgery and stuff like that. And so now, if you can do it digitally, it'll be the kind of thing that they get in their contracts. Like you know, like digitally de-age this actress so that she looks younger, so that you know, because she can still be a box office draw. So I I just think that like. And that's the thing, like, I think that Scorsese's Irishman is one of those things where, like, for example, I don't think I'll ever watch it again, whereas in I'll probably watch Casino, Departed, you know, like, those mm-hmm. movies, Good Goodfellas, like, I'll watch those over and over. Yeah, um, I'll probably never watch The Irishman again, but it doesn't mm. mean that it's not one of his best movies. Like, because it was, mm. it was an undertaking. Like, it was definitely one of his. I mean, it was like a, almost a four-hour movie. Yeah. Like, there was a lot of story to be told. I like what he did with Jimmy Hoffa's character. Like, the telling of that story was masterfully done. All of it was very well done. It like the sets, the designs. Just everything, everything about it, the cinematography. Uh, there's a lot there. There's a lot there that was uh, it was very positive. It's just like I think a lot of people were thrown off by the length of the movie and by, mm-hmm. you know, again the de aging thing, which was basically in its in its infancy at the time. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, uh, but it's gonna it's gonna be one of those movies that's gonna go down in history as I I think it's gonna be one of his best. Well, I, I noticed it is kind of like a trend. Um, like what what's his name Tarantino? Like his last like four movies, I always appreciate them, but I don't think I'll ever go back and rewatch any of them. Yeah, you like uh, like the Hollywood one that he just did. Well, that one is the only one I straight up didn't like where I was just like, what the hell was that about? Like, why did I watch that? Like, I, oh, I'm I tired. I loved it until the end. And I'm I'm sick of his revisionist history, you know, revenge <laughs> fantasy. That's what I'm he like, does, though. That's what he that's does. Not, he always but he didn't does that. Know, no, he didn't. Like, he, you know, he still had Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction okay, and yeah, True Romance true. and all these like master Jackie Brown and these terrific films. And like there was revenge aspects, but it wasn't like the whole thing was a revisionist history revenge thing. Like that's Inglorious Bastards. I didn't. Uh, I wasn't. Django. I wasn't. Django. Inglorious Bastards either. I was like, eh. I liked I it, but like, once again, I'm not going to go back. Like it was fun. It was a fun little historical fantasy piece. But then he did it again with Django, and I'm like, okay. And then he did it I never again. Oh, okay, I guess I, I can kind of see that maybe not in, in so much context because it's like it's three movies in a row where it's the same thing. I mean, Hateful Eight isn't really that, but it's still one of those. It was a really amazing film, The Hateful Eight. I thought it was. I liked it. Great, but I don't think I'm going to go back and watch it again. Like I probably won't either. Yeah, like, I think my favorite one of like his is probably like Kill Bill. Right, Kill Bill. I that's love a, that that's movie. a revenge like, piece too. I've, I've watched yeah. Kill Bill and Kill Bill too, like probably over and over again. Like I'll, not those over are good. And over, but you know what I mean. Like I'll watch every it few years. Yeah, yeah. No. Those those are good. They're fun. I like the first one a lot better than the second one. Me too. Kill Bill. But I, like, I, I Kill like Bill. that it had an ending, and it was a yeah. it was an ending like, that mm-hmm. I could be okay with. Like you know, it wasn't like cool oh story. man, he totally drove off the deep end with this one. Like no, no, no. It was pretty good. It was that's right. no, good, and it's a goal. It's a very cool female protagonist. Yeah, like she she's a lot to overcome, and she can still be a badass, and you buy it. Yeah, you know, she had to go through so much to earn that kind of badass samurai thing, and like all this humbling experiences she had to go through. Like, it's a hundred. It's a great female protagonist in that movie. Yeah, and a lot of great antagonists too. Yes, like a lot of great female yeah. antagonists. Yeah, in this movie. yeah. And that fight like, scene. I think the fight scene in the second one that, in the trailer yeah. was great. That is a kind of iconic fight scene in movies, isn't it? Really good. I liked a lot of the second on this on the second like watch through or third watch through. I really enjoyed the second movie more, not more, but mm. like I appreciated it more than I did the first time because I liked the kind of slowed down stuff. I liked all the Michael Madsen thing where like the mm-hmm. snake bites him in the face and the 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 pimp. It's been a long time since I've watched it. I have to rewatch it again, but it's, it's good. Like one of my favorites. Yeah. Well, the first one especially. I love the first one. I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. So oh, good. Pat S points out that she punched through a coffin. That was the only part where I was just like, "All right, that's little, <laughs> yeah, okay." It's not how that works. Even yeah. if she could punch through it, there's still six feet of dirt like on top. Like, all right, I mean, yeah, yeah, a little probably bit of, yeah. not. <laughs> yeah. Well, you gotta have to suspend your disbelief, you know, or yeah, yeah, beliefs or whatever. I, Kill Bill lives in the suspended disbelief world. Exactly, Agreed. Agreed. and I'm okay with that because it was so outrageous that you're like, okay, well, I can. I could yeah. let this go. Yeah. <laughs> Elvis says it. I've let yeah. everything else go, so I'll let this go too. There's <laughs> no connection with reality, and it's on purpose like that. Exactly. It's just fun. I it love is. movies that are just fun. I miss yep. movies that are just yes. fun. Like, I just, I just want to be entertained. Actually, I did watch one recently that was just really fun, and it was with uh, Mel Gibson. It was called 
boss, big boss, something boss. Hold on, let me see. I don't know. I mean, I know there's the Christmas movie. No, that's that Batman, he... and that was. Did you cool. see that? Yeah. Did you like it? Yeah, I did. I enjoyed it. I've heard I've heard mixed things. I mean, like a lot of people I've heard from liked it, and then there's people who are like it's hot garbage. So I'm not I'm not sure. It's called is it, it. the one I'm talking about that's like super fun is Boss Level. Boss Level. I think I heard yeah. of that. Yeah, and Man of War actually right in the chat. The same thing. Boss Level. It came, oh, it came out this year. Yeah, it was it was really fun. It was a fun movie. No is politics. It a- it's it's all like a, it's like a Groundhog Day kind of story where like the time resets over and over. Yeah, okay. that's it. Is it video game themed? Kind of, yeah. But different. Okay. Hmm. That's interesting. It's based man. on a video game theme because based. the guy keeps dying over and over and he wakes up over and over. Um, but it's really good. It was really good. It was really fun. Oh, that's interesting. It, it looks like in Japan. And Mel Gibson plays the bad guy. He's not the good guy in it. He plays the bad guy. Okay. Huh. I mean, if it's fun and it's just a fun film, sounds good to me. It's so fun. It's all action. It's all just like crazy action, cool. Not all the women are super powerful. It's about this dude. <laughs> like, you know, it's about yeah. a dude. It's actually about so, a guy. Wow. Yeah, it's huh. actually about a guy. I and it's about a dad. That. It's about a dad and he uh, what the dad does for his son. It's really good. It's really good. It's good stuff. That sounds interesting. Cool. No, I'm I'm sorry. I'm focusing on the chat because there's like a mini conversation about like Tarantino's best. I see Reservoir Dogs is second best. I oh yeah. This about, I will say this about Fat Man though. Like I w- I won't say like Fat Man is one of those things where you're gonna go to it every year. Like you're not gonna be like mm-hmm. oh like you know it's my favorite Christmas movie of all time. Like yes, yeah, Die Hard. It's not like it it it. It can it can be like Die Hard, but maybe in a few years, you know, when it gets that kind of like like the classic thing. But like but it's good because it's creative. Like it's mm-hmm. not and it's not hating on Christmas. It's not like Santa Inc. where they're like, Oh, let's go be edgy and just hate on Christmas and like tell everyone it's a piece of shit holiday, you know, like and it's just for white men and blah blah blah. Like it's like okay, like let's be let's be edgy. So we'll have like a black, we'll have a black, uh, you know, Saint Miss Mrs. Claus. But other than that, it's pretty fucking amazing. Like it's like okay, let's like you know, I, I like the ta- I like the takes. I like the takes I had. It was creative. It was like it's a funny idea. I mean, the kid like gets coal in his stocking, so he hires an assassin to yeah. kill Santa. That's funny. Yeah, I thought I thought it was creative. It was good. There's a lot of that. That's kind of a genre, like those uh, action Christmas movies. Like that's sort of yeah. Die Hard made that a thing. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a bunch. The interpretation, like, because it wasn't. You know, when I was younger, no one called Die Hard a Christmas movie, and now that's the thing. It's like, yeah, it's a Christmas movie. So people say, yeah, it is. Let's make other ones just like it. Yeah, Um, Die Hard was always a Christmas movie in my house. It it, always. It, it wasn't here. No, nah, not yeah. not mine. We it was one of those movies that like my family, like like my uncles especially, my uncle and my cousin would watch like year round all the time, just constantly. Like you knew it took place at Christmas, but it was one of those movies that was just always on, just always. It, it became just... a Christmas movie when I like kind of like when I met my husband when we started first dating, 
in like 2001 or whatever um it like he when i like met him he would be like like i was like what's your favorite christmas movie and he's like die hard and i was like die hard like the fuck like that home alone or like you know like whatever like you jingle know just, all the way like a lot jingle Christmas. all the way yeah like you know something, something christmasy and like he's like that is a christmas movie and i was like i've seen it i didn't think it was a christmas movie he's right like, and then he tells me like all the the things that i say now right like you know, it's during Christmas. It's this and that. And this is like, it's a Christmas movie. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. It is a Christmas movie. So then we started watching it every year and it just became like a thing. So. Um, I never like, yeah, I mean, I guess I could, I have no problem calling it a Christmas movie. Like in my Christmas decorations, I have a framed laser disc of it that I put up, you know, it's kind oh, of like that's a, cool. you yeah. know, uh, but I mean, to me, like my favorite Christmas movie, hands down, like far and away, like first place by several miles, is It's a Wonderful Life. Aww. That That's I John's think, favorite, too. It is. To me, that is like what Christmas is all about. Like it's such a wholesome, like truly, like like a love letter for humanity. It's this positivity. I love it's like that. true hope, true, like it's it's a beautiful, beautiful movie. And it's funny. Like, I think it really is, like, a fun movie. Like, it's, not, it's relatable. Not very many people of this generation would be able to appreciate It's a Wonderful Life, though. It's way too slow for them. Like, it's hmm. not like – it's it's one of those things where it's it's definitely a generational thing because it shows, like, kind of, like, how old you are and the fact that you're willing – like, you're, you're able to sit there and appreciate this movie for what it is because uh, the new generation, they won't be able to, like, watch that. I wonder because like, oh, it's I'm not – it's just low stakes. Like, it's – not I say low stakes because it's, like, a guy's life is in the thing. But there's not – it's not like it's not like a drum beating. I think, but it moves. I don't. I don't it think does. it. Uh, yeah, like I think it's swift in its storytelling. So in that regard, but I also like that there's there's like pretty interesting social commentary there too. Like it's anti big bank, which I appreciate. I think yeah, that that's yeah, like yeah. you know, and that was in the '40s or whatever. To be anti big bank back then, it's like kind of like this. It, it really, it really is. In, in from one angle, looking at it, it really is like a warning about like abandoning small businesses and these conglomerate banks that are you know going to basically dehumanize people and turn you know like like uh, everyone into like a number. And it's like, man, they they nailed it there. Yeah, they predicted yeah. it. Yeah, they predicted it. But I mean, you know, the '40s are right after the, the the '20s and the '30s, so they're like, "Fuck banks," you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. That's true. And we're That's all a good like, point. Yeah, Christmas movie right now, like for the past couple of years, um, has been Elf. Just Elf, because okay. I fucking love like how bright it is. It's all about Christmas. It's all about Santa Claus. It's just like it's just so fun to watch, and it's just so like it's just it's just so just fun like and it's not like weird like people aren't swearing in it and like i don't know it's just it's just wholesome family fun and i i, li- I like that i like i like the singing in it you know i actually I wonder... like that girl that's in it what's her name i forget um i, I found know. out through her like, like the one that plays like uh elf's girlfriend or whatever the one he meets i found out that she actually sings and uh on um on Spotify. Oh, Zoe Dashnell? Yeah. She oh, actually okay. sings and she actually sings like folksy Christmas songs and she brings out like singles like pretty much every year. And I love it. Like I I like I I have her albums on like oh, on, that's um, cute. <laughs> on uh my Spotify and I listen to like her folksy Christmas songs. Her band is called She and or She and Him, I think, or Him and Her. Yeah, Him and Her. Oh, 
Okay. Yeah. I mean, I she's in one of my favorite movies in Almost Famous. So oh, I love that movie too. Yeah, me too. Yeah, her sister is Bones from Bones. That's how I knew of. Did you ever oh. see New Girl? I never did. No. It's good. It's good. Yeah, I, saw, I never gave it a shot. Saw it when it came out, but I didn't watch it. it it's good. I I never saw it when it came out. Um, and then years later, actually, like very recently, um, when I started going on Twitter. I saw somebody post like a gif of it and it was like of, of the, the one of the main guys uh, and he's like in a hot tub and he's like holding this Asian man up and he's like carrying him up in the, in the hot tub. And I was like, this is the funniest gif I've ever seen. And so I <laughs> asked someone, I was like, where is this from? Like, this is so funny. And somebody was like, new girl. And I was like, OK, I'm watching it just because of this gif. I'm watching this freaking show. And it was really good. Hmm. It was good. Is it what's the comedy style? Is it single cam style? Like no laugh track? I forget if there's a laugh track, but there is. It's a sitcom. It it's a sitcom style, so I don't think there is a laugh track. No, I don't remember hmm. a laugh track. And I don't think it's mm-hmm. single cam either, uh, offhand, if I remember it. But it, like, I didn't watch it. I just remember so it. It's a, Somebody it's a, mentioned Bones, and I used to watch Bones, and they came out around the same time. That it's three camera without a laugh track. That can't be. It's yeah. That sounds about right. Maybe I'm wrong. I know I don't think there's a laugh track, and in Brian's days, there is no laugh track. I don't remember laugh I track. Can't, I couldn't tell you the camera. The stuff. way I'm looking Not at it, it look the images I'm seeing just from Google looks like a single cam. Okay. Like and single right. cam means like so it's like you do like one camera takes and then you flip the shot or whatever. But three cameras like in a studio where there's a three camera setup and they okay. flip from camera to camera. That, that oh. would be like you know Seinfeld's a three camera. Okay. Kind of, yeah. Um, There's a live I audience. Don't know. I think it's. I think it's. I think it's three because they do do, do the different angles in the in the in the in the apartment, and also like because they have a shared bathroom, so they mm-hmm. have like different angles in the shared bathroom too. Well, if like every episode has like the same angles, then you you know it's like a three camera. Like if it's always like you know whatever you go into Jerry's apartment, it's the same right, angle it's every the same time. Angle. I see what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's a live studio, so there's like a you know behind them is like you know bleachers yes, where there's like yes. a live studio. It's not live a live audience. studio. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely so yeah, it's not probably that. single cam. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, I may I'll check it out. I mean. There, there's definitely a line where entertainment became propaganda, and it's it's well, kind of like that. Actually, that's funny that you mentioned that because New Girl was like on the crust of that timeline. Mm-hmm. So, and 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 I think that they handled it beautifully too. Because the, the funny part was, is that like it like it started I think in 2013, 2000, like 12, 2013 ish. Okay. Uh, and I like because it's finished now. But it went through that phase of Donald Trump running for president. So mm-hmm. you were going through that 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 phase, and they actually had an episode where they're talking, like the characters are talking about the election and who should vote, like what are you voting for, and blah 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 blah. Interesting. Because you have a like, and you have a very Republican guy in the show, um, and he's a Republican character, and he's been. Like, you know he's a Republican character from the very beginning. Like, he's always talked about being a Republican and blah, 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 blah. And so, and then she's a Democrat. So she's like, you know, obviously I'm voting for Hillary. I'm like, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, she's just being like that lefty, like, you know, whatever girl. And she's trying to change the other guy's mind. But he's just like, fuck off. Like, no, 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 no. 
you know, that, that's like, you know, my, but like the, the way that they did it though was interesting to me. Like it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like, oh yeah, I'm just going to turn the Republican guy into a lefty because we are all against Trump now mm-hmm. and we have to be against Trump now and like all this stuff. Like they actually talked about the issues that people were facing back then, like having friends who are completely in a different party and that conversations that are going to be had and stuff like that. So I really liked how they handled it. In that There's show. like a maturity with the conversation. There was, just there was. Like and then right around that propaganda. time, it finished. Like the, the show ended right around mm-hmm. that time, which I thought was, again, another good move that they did end the show around that time because there's no more. There's the. There was nowhere else to go. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, because at that time it was getting really divided and their jokes just would have like been, they knew that it, they were had to go like far lefty and they weren't going to do it. So hmm. I'm glad that they ended it. There was a comedy that I watched at the time called um, You're the Worst, which was like my favorite show. Like I was obsessed with that show. It was, it was on FX and then I think they moved it to FXX. And it was, mm-hmm. I thought it was so funny. It was so vulgar, so honest and blunt and all the characters were a mess nobody was like a head and shoulders like above anybody it was really and i thought great like really really Mm -hmm. funny um and then after the trump election the next season was like so weird and i'm like what is this show like i couldn't Mm. i couldn't you know it was before i recognized that well before anyone realized that like everything changed and now we're doing you know all of it's going to be propaganda um but it was I, i was like I think they're like, because I was living in Hollywood at the time, and everywhere you went, people were just like miserable, you know, mm-hmm. as, as as if half the country sank into the ocean or something. Like, it was like a catastrophe in their minds, you know? And yeah. I'm like, I think this is, like, they just go into the writer's room, and instead of making jokes, I think they're all just like, yeah, did you hear what he did? Did you hear this? Did you say that? And blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I really think that's what characterized the show. It just took all the funny out of it. And there was, like, one scene where completely this character out of nowhere becomes like a men's rights activist like he just oh my god and then in a restaurant he just gets punched in the face randomly and then that you just say men's rights activist yeah have you ever heard of that before no what is that mras it's a uh it's an organization of men that like stand up for like a lot of it has to do with um what's it called like family court rights and stuff like that and uh Oh, okay, you know, okay. They'll, like you legally advocate or, or like men who are like in abusive relationships and shit like that. Like, okay, they make, okay. They make them out to be like they're a group of like, you know, women hating sexists. And I'm sure some of them are, but there is some really interesting, like authentic, you know, things that they're yeah, trying to do. Yeah, people have gone through like, you know, women who are psychopaths and are trying to, you know, find yeah. some semblance of sanity amongst yeah. each There's other. Yeah, a lot of legal stuff as far as that go like you know like if you're a man who faces a domestic dispute and a woman hits you you're probably not going to get justice like in pat assets and sales there's some of that mm-hmm. i'm sure there is some, sure of, that, some of that but the, watch the documentary the red pill if you really want like an, a very con- like a insightful take because the, the woman who made it this casey J, I think her name is is a documentarian mm-hmm. she was uh like kind of a left wing like woke sjw kind of like documentarian so she heard about this group called the mras that hate women and are all over reddit and they you know and so she made this documentary like trying to expose them but like along the line along her journey she kind of realized like uh, there, there's something to this. This isn't all just, uh, you know, like uh, hating stuff. And like by the end, like she has this conclusion where she's like, I'm, I'm not, um, I'm not going to be an active like men's rights activist. 
But uh, I don't consider myself a feminist anymore. And it was like fucking. Oh, based. wow. Yeah. That's, that sounds powerful. It's a really powerful um, documentary. I see people in the chat bringing up It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I'm a huge fan of that show. I don't know if you've. If you're a fan or not, but I loved, adored, like I still quote it in my mind. The first two seasons, like mm-hmm. I love it. Like I just loved everything about it. I thought it was so funny, and I just always felt like after that the tone changed, and it just was not my style of humor any longer. Oh, uh, okay. No, it's it just still got definitely silly. My style. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I know people love it's it. It's very still dark on air. and very fucked up. And yeah, I'm I'm so excited for for the next season to come out. Uh, I've heard that they're going to be dealing with the quarantine. Like that, one of the episodes is going to be like the gang in quarantine, and I'm so excited to watch that. That's going to be great. Um, the, the they they did one in the last season where they talked about. I mean, this this one was hilarious because it really talks about like the times that we're living in now. So the the, the this was one episode where it was like uh, bring back the dong, and they were ta- and they were being shown like. Uh, they were like in this focus group and they were being shown kind of like this movie that was like kind of like Indiana Jones esque. And it was about a fictional character that they all loved and they had all seen like, you know, five or six different like different movies and like throughout time. Right. Like and they they, they loved it. And in, in every one of the movies, apparently he showed his his frontal area. <sighs> And they were like big fans of that. So like the new focus group, they were like, oh, yeah, we're taking that out now because, um, you know, in the Me Too era, you, no one really wants to see that and all this stuff. And the gang makes like a huge deal out of it. And they're like, bring back the dong and like and all this stuff. And and then they're like talking about so Me Too. They're supposed to be basically it's like us. So like they're it's just trying so to good. fight for, for for keeping culture how it is, basically. Yeah. Yeah, and so, it was basically they're like making fun of Indiana Jones and how like Indiana Jones is gonna become a girl now, and that like they're literally like making fun of that. They're like, "Here's the torch," and they like it's like a like, <laughs> she like literally passes the torch. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> it's like so fucking. It's just so on the nose and so funny, and they're like, just literally calling it out. I mean, the same thing happened like recently with Curb. I don't know if you're a fan of that. Curb your enthusiasm is doing very similar stuff, Larry David. Uh, like just, just just last week, the new episode that dropped was all about me too, uh, and I thought it was really funny because he's doing it. He's doing it so well, and he's one of the only people that can get away with making fun of the stuff. But he was making fun of that situation with. Um, I don't know if you guys remember when the Me Too thing happened. Remember that guy, uh, the chef dude, uh, Mario Batali. No, no, no. The chef dude that that killed himself. Oh, Anthony oh, Bourdain. Bourdain. Anthony Bourdain. Okay, do you remember his girlfriend was like this model? Yeah. And yeah. it turned out that she Something slept with like some 17-year-old kid that like, paid you know, and, and he paid him off. So Curb, the last episode, was all about that. So he's like, Oof. like, so he's like making fun of the fact that like he's working with that kid now, like quote unquote working with that kid that slept with that funny. lady or whatever. <laughs> and That's he's pretty funny. Like, and he's calling him out and he's like, oh, yeah, like you slept with like some fucking model that's like 37 years old. And you're all like, oh, I'm a victim. And he's like making fun. He's like, yeah, right. You fucking liar. And he's just like, oh, it's so good. It's so good. That's pretty funny. Uh, sen- uh, Elvis says, uh, sorry, that sounds like a sentient total comma. Elvis says, uh, Nina, is- Nina is killing it. She even stopped Matt from mansplaining and made him beta. So, <laughs> way to go. Oh. More intersectionality. 
Yeah. And yeah, brightest day. I, I I agree. Air quotes killed himself because apparently he had discovered some 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 wacky shit he wasn't supposed to know. Oh boy, day. I'll leave that. Well, back. this this stream is already demonetized. Let's avoid the hardcore conspiracy stuff your, right now. I didn't say hardcore conspiracy. I said do your own research. Don't listen do your to own me. research. That's do true. your own research. One of the uh, you know, I want to say one of the funny uh, curb takes I thought was so great. It was such a good Larry David joke. Was that uh, like once like during the Trump administration, like if he didn't want to talk to people, he would just put nope, on a mag. Yeah, that was so good. I died. <laughs> That's oh such a funny. God, that was such a good episode too. Yeah, like not taking it like like you know not taking the like yeah we have to hate him just like exploiting everyone's hate so that he doesn't have to have social interactions. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did really similar stuff like again like he he's been calling out me too a lot so like in the in the first i think it was one of the first episodes of the season uh he's hanging out with you know his jeff his manager uh kind of like a bigger guy mm-hmm. and like people jeff were like yeah jeff garland like and people thought that he was associating with Harvey Weinstein because he looks like <laughs> Harvey Weinstein, that's, and he's see, like, funny. "Your fucking manager's Harvey Weinstein." And he's like, that's, "I'm not Harvey Weinstein." <laughs> That's a good joke. I like that. That's very funny. Um, I love Curb. Yeah, like it. He's just a straight up funny guy. Yeah. Right. It really does. Genuinely (laughs) does. I miss it. That's well. That's why I, I was talking to a friend of mine uh, last night, and she's uh, she's going through a breakup, and she like lost her job, and she's Ooh, going, like it's like really all this weird. stuff's happening to her at the same time, uh, and uh, you know she like uh, so so I was just like yeah you know like I I just spend so much of my time like listening to comedy or comedy podcasts because that's kind of the only thing that can kind of I don't know break me out of it, make me feel good or, or laugh or whatever. <laughs> she same goes. Here. Well, the guy she broke up with was a stand-up comic, so she. Oh no! Oh, <laughs> I was like, Ooh, that's terrible. Yeah, oh, that's Ooh. not good advice then. Sorry. <laughs> oh God, that sucks. That's yeah. always tough. I know. I felt bad for her. You know, she's a she's a good good girl, sweet person. Um, but um, we are approaching two o'clock. So yeah. uh, that's typically our wrap-up time. I've got to get going to work. I know Vigilante does as well. Yeah, um, yeah, I do. Sure, it's been really fun to hang out with you guys today. Yeah, yeah it was I great to have you, Nina. Here half the damn episode because of fucking... Thank you, StreamYard, again. <laughs> <laughs> that's Thank right. You. Thank you for all your service. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah, Nina, thank you so much for, for stopping by. It was, uh, it was great to have you. you Definitely, know, uh, no problem. You had us on your channel very graciously, and I'm yes, happy we did. could repay the favor. Yeah, it was really cool. It was really cool, and I love your Friday show. So I'll I'll stop by if I ever I'm like not dying, and uh, and you know, I want to actually be on a panel still on a Friday night. I'll I'll okay. stop by. You're welcome anytime. You know, you're in the Discord, I think. So I, I'm so. not because you're I don't not, do oh. Discord. Oh, you don't do Discord. That's right. Okay. No. Um, but you're welcome anytime. I mean, I can Thank get you the you. link weekly if you like. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a that's a fun show. It's just a. Just it a is. Wild... It's just it's it's fun to like you know just sit back and listen to some friends and you know just talk and I I especially like it when we we have arguments on there like you know mm-hmm. when that one time I came on and and we uh like not that I especially like it when we have arguments on there but like I especially like it when people like are able to have. A disagreement and still be friends afterwards like Agreed. we're all still friends and you know well we, we can all disagree it was like me and uh, tom we had a huge disagreement about the uh, new ghostbusters but we're still friends ah, <laughs> like, you know? cool 
Oh, I've had plenty of disagreements with Tom about movies. Lots. <laughs> yeah, lots of yeah. Lots of yeah, it used to be normal. It used to not be something you had to highlight as a thing. But that's yeah. not but it's not it's not okay to disagree and still like interact with other humans that you disagree with anymore. Yeah. So we gotta uh, change that. Elvis is asking about the expanse. I think the, the expanse comes out Friday, as I understand Friday. it, right? Yeah, yeah. So I like I said, I'll be putting out videos uh, probably Saturday morning is probably when it's going to come out because I can't figure out a way to live stream that would not conflict with Friday Night Tights or the Cocktail Lounge on Fridays. I think. Yeah, that- we're going to be on my channel. We're going to be talking about it Sunday, uh, Sunday night, nine go. Eastern. And I think Gary's going to come on. So oh, that's that'll awesome. Be fun. That'll be yeah, fun. that's great. Yeah, the, Gary did that uh, for me very graciously last season, the uh, finale, uh, which was really terrific. And it, it's an upsetting thing. And I think tif- uh, when you see a show like this that you love for so long kind of collapse and become something different, it is really helpful to hang out with like-minded people so you can kind of heal it a little bit. I know that yeah. sounds a bit melodramatic, but I think it's true. No, the blow the blow is not as hard then. You're like, oh, okay, at least we're yeah. together. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And at least someone else sees it. I'm not alone. Yeah. In my, you know, observations. Um, uh, what's it? Sean, the movie man says, uh, wow, what a great stream. Nina is off- awesome. Aww. Thanks, guys. You're very Thank welcome. You. you guys are awesome in the chat. I love Nina the chat. Awesome. Ditto. Yeah. Um, oh, Elvis says it'll be out tomorrow afternoon where you are. Really? Oh, what? okay. Well, maybe uh, I have the night off, so maybe I'll do the stream. If it's uh, if it's available, I'll do a live stream on, on Thursday about it, uh, tomorrow night, if that's possible, because I have the night off. So, perfect. Great. Cool. Well, awesome stream. Culture yeah. Crime Fighters 42, 43? Yep, 42. If you guys are interested, catch me later on my channel. I'll be going live for Breaking the Narrative, hanging out and talking about Clown World stuff. Uh, you know, just just news of the day and the week and stuff that's freaking nuts so yeah sub to nina her uh her her youtube channel is in the description so give her a sub give her a follow on twitter uh she's great friend of this channel and a friend of the community the fellowship uh you can you can always check us out you know on our channels make sure you sub to vigilante williamson if you haven't because next week we're on his channel we swap back and forth we always have to say that because not everyone knows that um, and if you want to, and one place you can get all the episodes in order in their entirety is on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, anywhere you get podcasts. Yeah. This is uploaded uh, Thursday mornings. So we follow that right up. So please uh, check us out there. Some people are giving us reviews on iTunes. We've gotten a few five star reviews on iTunes, so much so oh. that we're actually charting. It's actually charting. So it yes. is helpful. Please it's helping. If you guys can, if you have the time. Uh, That's really from, nice. Yeah, it's really yeah, generous. We're a real podcast. We're not joking. We're serious. No. Like, serious. Please, wow. So please check us out. Please. And it, yeah, yeah, we're. I forgot. It was top 200 or something. I'm like, How something like that. that. Yeah, it was like, yeah, 100. And, the highest I thought I saw was like 160 or something like that. Which, like, there's a lot you know? of motherfuckers doing podcasts. Is it podcasts. a podcast or is it like a. It's like just a, audio. Just we audio. just upload the audio. Yeah. It's, it's through a website called RSS. Uh, dot com it's, and it's just a it's podcast hosting it's like a you can you can pay for uh, like a yearly subscription and yeah. then it just goes automatically to spotify itunes google Podcasts, like uh oh. yeah all right and it's a good place to like get another at least uh, other audience or people who don't go to youtube to find podcasts and yeah sure of course you know 
make us yeah. uncancelable because I don't know what it is, but YouTube seems to have it out for me and Vigil I'm back. I'm, I was in well, the 670s. you're white and male, I feel. Well, I'm black. What the hell? I'm black. Well, they, don't know. Body yeah, they don't know that. You're not on camera. That's yeah, true. I, that's true. I haven't been on camera as much. They, can't, they can tell. I don't they, sound They probably think Caucasian. you're a white guy that's hanging out with this other white guy. That's right. Sound. This toxic I, 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 male. Because black and white don't hang don't don't hang out together. Unless you're woke. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thank you so much to the chat. I really appreciate you guys hanging out. Uh, Pat S. Red shirt just getting here. Awesome. Thanks, buddy. Uh, Keely, uh, Elvis, Draco, Sentient Dildo, uh, Man of War six six five, George Hilton. Everybody was hanging out. Sean Movie Man, E. Clay Thompson. You guys are terrific. Yeah. Brightest day. Kai. Shout out to whoever said, what was it? Who was it? Hell it's, yeah. Uh, Gandalf identifies as white wizard. So thank you, Nice. Gandalf. Thank you, Gandalf. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys all next week on Vigilante's channel. Have a yes. terrific day. Good night. Bye, everybody. Bye. Peace.